home. It's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, and stories are told. We are Chris and Natalie Carpenter, owners of Story Real Estate, and our team of top agents helps people find homes in Moscow, Idaho, and around the country. Have you thought about a move? Contact us to get connected with a top agent who shares your values and puts your family first. Or reach out to us about our Moscow Relocation Guide. Wherever you're looking to go, we can help you find home. Call us at Story Real Estate or visit us at storyrealestate.com and start building your legacy. Hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. We actually got a great sticker gate update. Oh, that's right. Coming. Oh, yep. Good sticker, news, bad news. Sticker gate. What's the news? And we're also going to talk about, you know, disinformation and what are the top 10 most trusted news sites. Cross politic, cross politic, cross yeah, politic. And then what are the cross- top 10 news sites you shouldn't trust? CNN. CNN, <laughs> CNN. You got to stick around for that. <laughs> hey, this year our Fight, Laugh, Feast conference is at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky on the politics of six-day creation. The politics of six-day creation is the difference between a fixed standard of justice and a careening standard of justice. The difference between the corrosive relativism that creates mobs and anarchy and the freedom of objectivity, truth, and and due process. The politics of six-day creation establishes the authority Mm. and sufficiency of God's word for all of life. From everything from what is a woman, what is a man, when does human life begin, and how is human society best organized. So come out, listen to Ken Ham, Pastor Doug Wilson, Dr. Ben Merkel, Dr. Gordon Wilson, me, all of us will be there. Of course, there'll be a live show. Mark your calendars for October 11th through the 14th as we fight, laugh, and feast with beer and psalms, our amazing lineup of speakers, rowdy Christian merch, a Sabbath feast to wrap up mm-hmm. the occasion, mm-hmm. maybe I an infant those. baptism while we're at it. <laughs> I left that part in there for you, Garrison. It, it's going to be infant baptism for everybody because they're going through the ark. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Peter, Peter says something about that. Yeah. Sign up today at fightlaughfeast.com to secure your tickets because they're going fast. They yeah. are. They wow. are. Again, that's fightlaughfeast.com. All right. So, Secretary Pete Buttigieg just mm. finished this amazing negotiation with the uh, railroad union. Oh, remember, right, remember right, that? Joe right. Biden, you know? Yeah. It, it was a, I mean, because Joe Biden cares what? about the people, oh, about the yeah. working people. Wait, 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 wait. No, yeah. Joe's the one who did that. He's told him to get a deal done. That's right. That's Not right. Pete. It, well, I mean, Pete was involved. But, I mean, Pete was, wanted to okay. get credit for it. And now. he's on bed rest still. Anyway. So <laughs> in the last 10 days, there's been three major railway uh, accidents. Yeah, that, so we, we, that the, we even know we about. The, that we even know about, yeah. Because <laughs> we can't even, for, we're trying to get all this information for what happened in Ohio. Ohio's happened 10 days ago. Right. Yep, the and February then, 3rd. This is the like one with the chemical explosion. Right. And then today, two happened. Two today. One in South Carolina and one in Houston, in, Texas. Houston, Texas. Two, so, you know, this is like the chicken thing. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm. So we're still getting emails. We got in like eight or ten more emails just today about the chicken. I'm gonna talk about Is that. Is politics turning into like conspiracy theory? No, no, no. Well, no. Maybe, well no. If, if if we did, it'd be good. 
Right. Like at, if this we point, did, at this point, it'd probably be right. Look, the White House <laughs> is talking about UFOs and aliens, okay? okay. So, so all we're talking about is, is we're chickens not, and chicken feed and trains crashing. We're talking about if if centralization was actually had bad guys behind it, what would it look like? Yeah. Right? Like, that's actually what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. If centralization actually went through with what they... So if you talk about, if you look at early Titans turn the century, um, those guys did not want competition in the market. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they submitted to the federal government so that the federal government would uh, create regulations their not mon- allowing their monopoly competitive of uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, monopolies yeah, they, they, they don't want they, competition well actually it was a oligarchy oligarchy no oligarchy oligarchy, <laughs> <Garpy. laughs> wow. oligarchy but oligarchy monopoly and all of monopoly oligarchy. anyway yeah. so Never, my, everyone everyone knows what we're saying no, right now oligarchy um, but but that's where they get to control the market so they can keep yeah. com- competition out. That was the yeah. whole goal. And so mm-hmm. big business was in on it. Well, mm-hmm. if you got a big business where everybody owns all of the production of chickens and the, the the ones that actually are doing good are the free reign chickens, right? That's your competition. And you open up a new free reign uh, ch- chicken uh, uh, set up, right? Yeah. And you ha- happen to get it ready at the exact same time that uh, everybody else is not laying eggs and you happen to control the feed. And you're not a righteous person. What do you? I mean, it's not hard. That's mm. not really a conspiracy. Mm. Look, guys, COVID happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough. Right. We're arresting yeah. people out in the middle of the ocean who are on paddle boards. Right. And so, I, I, at this point, I want to take yeah. a deep look into everything. So, what we are is actually gathering information so that everybody can make wise decisions. Yeah. Trying to. Okay. So uh, here's so we we actually had our one of our producers call um on the ground in Ohio, in Ohio. looking for looking for a hazmat specialist maybe connected to the situation there. And of course they put us through a 1-800 number um, right. situation. They're like, "Oh yeah, call here." Um <laughs> and and so but so the information's very vague on what we're able to find out. But here's here's one uh YouTuber uh kind of TikToker. Give, uh, I don't want to say TikTok YouTuber. I don't even care if they're on, you know anyways. <laughs> Um, uh, kind of talking about it. He's not a uh, specialist on chemicals and everything, but he's he's he, he's an engineer of some sorts and all this. So, anyways, listen to what he has to say. East Palestine's about an hour north of Pittsburgh, almost halfway to Cleveland. Norfolk Southern has a rail line that goes right through town, and this derailment happened right on the edge outside of town. Five of them contain vinyl chloride. It's a monomer used to make PVC. Vinyl chloride is very hazardous and very flammable. The other thing about vinyl chloride is that it boils at eight degrees Fahrenheit, so it's shipped in its liquid form. Meaning that when these trains crashed and these started leaking, they weren't just leaking liquid, but they were spewing boiling gas. OSHA has the permissible limit of how much you can be exposed to it during an eight-hour shift as a one ppm part per million, average over eight hours. There's maybe a million pounds of this toxic chemical spilling into the ground and also boiling off into the air. But then it caught on fire. I think this is where the reporting is really bad because no one is mentioning what the byproduct of vinyl chloride burning is. Of the many byproducts of burning vinyl chloride, one of them is hydrogen chloride. Hydrogen chloride is really unstable and latches onto water, like just water vapor in the atmosphere, and that turns into hydrochloric acid. So right now, government officials, officials from the railroad, both the governor of Pennsylvania and Ohio are calling burning off the million pounds of this stuff a success, but not mentioning that it means that we have hundreds of thousands of pounds of acid in the air, potentially. Uh. So, uh, 
So, uh, and, by the way, it it wasn't just just caught on fire. Yeah. From what I understand, it was intentional because they didn't want it to pollute the the ground. So they they wanted to burn it off in the burn. atmosphere instead of let it go into the ground. They, they right, so now it can off. rain down on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We don't know yeah. yet. Don't, rain. don't look up. <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot going on there. And so you have that. But one of the things that really made me investigate this, because, you know, this is, a, yeah. this is a train spill. There's stuff like this that happens. It could be accidental. But then when you start seeing reporters get arrested as they're trying to convey or, or, in, cover. Uh, or cover the yeah. story, that's when I start becoming a little cautious of what's going on. The Ohio Attorney General's office will now oversee the investigation into a reporter's arrest in East Palestine. Police arrested News Nation reporter Evan Lambert when he finished up a live broadcast at a press conference there. Earlier this week, the Columbiana County Prosecutor's Office posted on its Facebook page a little bit ago that once it realized the number of agencies involved in this matter, it turned the case over. Lambert was charged with disorderly conduct and criminal trespassing. I, I want to know. I, so this is the governor's press conference about the train wreck. And so I, I want to know a little more details of why is this problematic? What, what kind of information was he finding out? What was disorderly so, about so, it? So the accusation is he's being disorderly at a governor's news yes. conference? He had a film crew there and yeah, everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but which actually was I mean, with a, one of the local news I stations. I mean, disorderly like BLM or disorderly like singing psalms during a, yeah. a COVID yeah. pandemic? Yeah. Exactly. There, well, there's a bandwidth there. <laughs> Right, <laughs> like you know, like putting stickers up, yeah. uh, you know, exactly, uh, uh, you know, uh, complaining about. So, uh, but we don't know. Now we have the contact information of the journalist. Um, we're so trying we, to get we, him we, on. We might be getting him on here. Uh, but there just seems like a lot of nefarious stuff going. And nefarious, nefarious, yeah. also, also, also nefarious. nefarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is wrong? It's Monday. It's Monday. I don't know what's oligopoly. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I got my no. producer to laugh on that yeah, one. No. So, but one of the things that I've noticed is that whenever you, they always there's. Remember when BP happened? Yeah, the, the big oil the, spill. Yeah, the big oil yeah. spill. One of the things I remember with BP was they always said, "Hey, it's not as bad as you think." Right. right? That's the first, and then there's like not a whole, whole lot of news. And, and then you get all the journalists <laughs> out there, and they're sending you pictures of like you know, <laughs> thousands <laughs> and millions of gallons yeah. of oil all I'll, over the ocean. Yeah. And it's All these up. seagulls covered yeah. in oil, <laughs> you're like, and you're like, "Oh, that looks kind of bad." That that looks that looks bad to me. Yeah. I just want more details, right? right? That's right. all we want is more details. Yeah. And actually, if you're out there and you live anywhere close, could you send us what your experience? I've seen videos of fish that are dead inside of the river. I've seen frogs. Like Ohio River. Yeah, yeah, Ohio, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've seen um, horrible clouds of Smoke contamination and, yeah, and yeah. from the burnout. And people are like, "This is ten miles away," mm -hmm. and. People who, well, I guess officially, the, if you were a mile within the damaged area, you were evacuated. Now they said everybody can come back in. But a lot of reports, people say their eyes are itching. And there's a lot of things going on physically. And even their animals have died. Their chickens have died. I wonder if that's connected. <laughs> anyway, uh, but it's just, we. I would like to know. And so until we have, one of the first thoughts that came in our mind with this is like, okay, we can't trust any of these sources. Even the guy that we have here, I don't know this guy. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is there's churches. So can we find a church in yep. the area That's right. that is on the ground? We can. What's our closest trusted resource that we have? Yeah. And so Talk we have calls this. in to see, that's hey, right. can you guys tell us what's going on as you're serving people down Return. there? Because because mm -hmm. that's that's so we're going to have to reimagine how we do 
right. media now, how we do news, how we that's do journalism, yeah. because but, we can't trust But God's given us iPhones. That's right. And eyes and ears. Yeah. yeah. And, and, take some footage. And, and the family of God. Yeah. So if you that's live right. in that area, reach out to us at contact at fightlefteast.com, contact at fightlefteast.com. We'd love to... Uh, if yeah. you have a connection in the area, a pastor yeah. in that area, but, someone yeah, that you trust in that area. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this um, disinformation risk assessment came out by the Global Disinformation Index, which what? apparently our government also gives a little money to. Global Disinformation Index. What is that? This is a the, the this organization puts out a global uh, uh, disinformation index. So they actually put out one for each country. Chile, you know, everyone. They did one for America. Oh. And, and so they have this a way of assessing they have their own standards of how they assess is this a trustworthy organization or not a trustworthy high risk are they are, are they high risk <laughs> who are they yeah well you can go i, I, mean, I just start you when can, you when you showed this to me in the notes i just started laughing yeah. it's hilarious yeah. Right, I, I yeah. it's hilarious um i mean it's uh, top 10 lowest risk online news outlets the very first one npr yeah Number one. So that's, that's the, the one you can trust the most. Right. Number one was NPR. Least risk level. No, yep. that, that should no, tell you not to read anything else two, after that. Number two is AP News. Number three, New York Times. Number four, ProPublica.org, yeah. uh, Insider.com, USA Today, Washington Post, Washington Street Journal, uh, BuzzFeed News Wait, and Washington, HuffPo. Wait, Wash, uh, Washington, Washington Post. Yeah, wa- Washington Post. Washington Wall Post Street and Journal? Wall Street. No, well, Wall Street's Wall. not on there. Yeah, it is. He's, WSJ. Oh, there it is. It number is. nine. Yeah. And Huffington Post. Yeah, HuffPo. Huff, <laughs> Huffington <laughs> Post. <sighs> okay. So with that now. said, uh, the the top ten, you know, riskiest, highest, riskiest news outlets. Number one, cross politics. I was gonna say we ah. gotta be number one on there. <laughs> no. <laughs> New York Post, of course. Which. which had was the first was the yep. only one that truthfully reported on the Biden on the, laptop on the story. Biden laptop story. All the other news organizations called it misinformation. Yeah, yep. crazy. New York Post. You have Reason.com. You have RealClearPolitics.com. Daily Wire, uh, Blaze, The Federalist, One American Ameri- Network, Newsmax, American The American Conservative, Conservative. Uh, and The Spectator. And we know those guys over the Spectator too. You know, this goes back like to what half I was our friends though. are on that list. Yeah. <laughs> We're number eleven. We're number eleven. But you know, I know, I'm a little disappointed. Like there's like these top ten Christian podcast lists that come out. I don't want to be on those. I don't want to be on those. But I want but to be on, I want to be on this yeah. list. Top ten you know? riskiest online news outlet. We yeah. are risky. Was I talking to you about? I'm this? I'm disappointed we didn't make the list. How right. modern day um, journalism came about? Was I talking? Was I talking about on the show? I Where basically know. in England they started through coffee shops, mm. um, through people having conversation at coffee shops. Yeah. Wait, um, wait, what's the word? You- and but then in America they started having them at pubs. Yes. Right. And so the guy who was hosting the, the bar was a publican, right? And they used to have people come in with their stories that were written down what was going on in different parts of the world. And the publican would publish these stories and hold them at the end of the bar. And so it be, started to become public news because it was a public gathering of people that came to the pub. At the pub. At the pub. And then like that. that's how we started to get yeah. modern news stories was yeah. from the publican yeah. who had everybody come together. Sounds like the Reformation, right? Like you got these guys, you got all these guys print, coming together. Printing it all together. And, and, but yeah. the, the, I swear the news was, and they were... I think that one of the guys in the modern news or the, during that era of news was saying, hey, man, all things that happened there is the talk of Christendom advancing. Right. <laughs> That's what really? was right. So news was related to the relationship between Christ and what was going on in the rest right. of the world. And then they would publish that for everybody else. But it all came from a, a pub, pe- from a pub, people gathering together. The- 
the no, community, and, the community gathering, and talking about the news that they were eyewitnesses yeah. to. Yeah. And, then, and that's so, what we want cross politic to be. That's cross politic right. is the new pub. That's right. Hey. The, the new the, news yeah. pub. I could do with that. Right. I like there that. We go. We're there gathered we go. around, gathered around, hanging out, drinking beer, drinking beer, coffee, yep. tea, yep. water. So if you got a news story, send them to a contact Share it with at crosspolitik.com, right? Yeah. Next up. Contact at fightlifepeace.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, Stickergate. Yeah. What's going on with that? Stickergate. We'll find out next on Cross Politics. Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations, the world's largest classical Christian homeschooling community. I'm launching a new podcast, Refining Rhetoric. If you like cross politics or just listen to hear what crazy stuff they're saying today, you will enjoy Refining Rhetoric. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. I practice the 15 tools of learning by interviewing great guests, looking at current events, and talking about cryptocurrency. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Cross Politic is the 11th riskiest online news source <laughs> in the up. world. Gotta move that yeah. up. Reformation Heritage Books is a publisher and bookseller whose mission is by the Spirit's grace to aim for the conversion of unbelievers and equip the saints to serve Christ and his church through biblical, experiential, and practical ministry via books, tracts, and other resources. Reformation Heritage Books is committed to the conviction that the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, as originally written, are God's inerrant word, inspired by his spirit, and therefore are the only sufficient, infallible authority for faith and practice. Foundational to the mission of Reformation Heritage Books is its identity as a confessionally reformed publisher. So visit their website today at heritagebooks.org for more information. That's heritagebooks.org. We're very grateful to have with us on this segment, Mr. Robert Muse. He's an attorney, co-founder of American Freedom Law Center, former Marine Corps uh, veteran and him and his wife have 12 children. Ooh, Robert, 12. yes, sir. thank you for joining us on Cross Politic. Hey, it's, it's great to be with you. I, I need to correct you though, right out of the box. There's uh, I'm not an ex Marine, there's no such thing as an ex Marine. Ah. Once a Marine, always ah. a Marine. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. uh, okay. Do you baptize them babies? Is that, is that what you're doing? You baby baptize one, one more, one more correction, too. I usually don't describe myself as a lawyer, but as a Marine with a law degree. Hey, so that's. <laughs> That's my, He's a that's fighter. My approach He's a fighter. I, I like this guy. I do. <laughs> so, so Rob, uh, you know, I, I, we talked last week off offline, and, uh, you know, I won my federal uh, case against the city of Moscow regarding um, them overstepping my First and Fourth Amendment rights. And then uh, for those who are either new to this whole situation and have been kind of tuning in or following along, well, uh, in October 2020, my buddy Nate and his kids – protested my arrest right um and and the way they protested nate just printed up uh a bunch of stickers and that said uh was it welcome to moscow soviet soviet moscow Moscow. enforced because we care and then there's a hammer and sickle in the middle of the sticker right that was the design and enforced because we care was the city slogan for masking for masking to kind of enforce to force you to wear mask uh if you can't stand six feet apart in town so that's uh they protested. They woke up at like three in the morning, went and uh, plastered stickers on friendly businesses and God forbid street light poles, city street light poles. poles, city poles. Oh my God. Now, they, had, they had stickers already plastered on them and garage sale stuff on there. I think too. And garage sale and, stuff. And lost, lost kittens. Yeah. You know, it's always lost and, kittens. And so cops came at three in the morning. They handcuffed the 18 year old and then interrogated the 14 year old without a mom and dad present or a lawyer present. 
okay. interrogated the un- yeah. underage kid without yeah. a lawyer present. And the cops lied, said there's no videotape of this for a year. Anyways, that videotape comes out and so forth. Um, but the whole thing started because they're just protesting, using free speech, protesting my arrest. Yeah. And, and the arrest of, of, Sh- of Sean, Sean Rachel and Sean Rachel Bonet. Bonet. That's right. Yeah. And, and then uh, – the cops didn't cite them that day. Right. Just kind of warned Three, them. four days later, the cops pull up to Nate's uh, door and writes him 13 misdemeanor tickets for him and his sons. Yeah. Nate's ticket was a conspiracy to um, commit a crime or something like that <laughs> because he ordered the tickets. <laughs> the stickers. The stickers. Yeah. And he was asleep. Yeah. While, and, and the boys got the, uh, their misdemeanors were um, for violating a city code that applied to like yard sale signs. You can't post a yard sale sign on a city pole yeah. kind of thing. Which um, has never been enforced. Never been enforced like the 50 by, year by the history way, of the code. Right after the sign, like didn't they actually clean off all the poles? Yeah. yeah. For, oh, yeah. Like, for, right afterwards. For a few days. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're covered again. But yeah. so, so, Robert, uh, you have picked up the case. Um, fill, fill in the gaps. What, what Do we get this right? I mean, is this basically the lay of the land? We, we're yeah, trying to keep yeah. up, but but tell us what's going on and where we're at now. Yeah, by, by and large, that's that's correct. They um, they were cited with uh, 13 misdemeanors. Uh, Nate, who had, who produced the decals, had nothing to do with the posting of them, was, uh, was charged with being an accessory to posting them. <laughs> and, you know, one, the, the main problem that the city has is, you know, under the 14th Amendment, you can't selectively prosecute people. Particularly for you know for a uh, for an invidious reason such as the person's religious beliefs or because they're exercising a constitutional right, which is plainly what what happened in uh, in this case. As you mentioned, there's a city ordinance that was uh, that they used that has never been enforced in the past, and the city of Moscow, a uh, a university town has a long-standing practice of allowing people to post on city polls all sorts of yep. public issue political messages they've 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 I mean it's it is a, a long-standing policy and practice and in fact as we would argue they've created a forum for this type of speech yep. not uncommon in in uh university towns they have these message kiosks and things all over the place yep. so they've never enforced this in this manner and you mentioned when they went to clean up the polls they actually sent out workers just to remove the uh, the Soviet Moscow protest decals left everything in place, yep. and then later on they sent another group of workers who went out and removed additional um, stickers. But but they left up decals that were actually uh, pretty critical of Christ Church. Yep. And when and, yep. and some you know profanity in terms yep. of directed towards Christ Church and towards yep. uh, uh, I believe it's Douglas Wilson who's the pastor of the yeah. church, yeah. and I think one of the nicknames for the the members of the church is Kirkers. And there's yep. there was all kinds of yep. you know really hateful things that were said, and they left those up there with no problem. Yeah. Um, so this was plainly selective prosecution going after the Wilsons um, because they just they don't like Christ Church. And yep. I know you know you mentioned Gabe, your arrest. My understanding that was an event that was kind of organized as part of Christ Church. That's right. A psalm sing that was done in protest to. Um, these draconian uh, COVID restrictions that are that have been enforced in basically you know liberal cities across the mm-hmm. uh, across the country, and so we have multiple claims, including a selective prosecution, uh, a violation of the right to freedom of speech. There's a longstanding uh, principle of law that once the government opens up a forum for speech, they can't restrict it based on the viewpoint mm. of the speaker, regardless of whether or not a public forum is created. Viewpoint discrimination is the most egregious form of content discrimination. And is prohibited in uh, in any form. As a matter of fact, I had a uh, case many years ago 
um, down at Camp Lejeune on a military base. I represented a retired gunnery sergeant whose whose son was killed on the USS Cole by Islamic terrorists. And he was actually not only as a retiree does he have base privileges. He has a base decal. He can go on and off the base. But he also was a civil servant working on the base at the time. And he had decals on the back of his uh, vehicle that said, remember the USS Cole and stop Islamic terrorism. And they told him, you can't bring that vehicle on the base. You either scrape those stickers off or you scrape off your base decal. He's like, I'm not scraping these stickers off. So they forced him to scrape his base decal off when allow him back on base. We sued in uh, federal court. Military installations are certainly not public forums in in any respect. There's all sorts of restrictions you can impose on people coming into a military base. And the federal judge down in North Carolina ruled in our favor and uh, said it was a viewpoint discrimination. It was a violation of his First Amendment rights. And he was able to go back on the base with those decals on his vehicle. So it's a very similar, uh, a very similar principle here in uh, in this in this particular case. And the one uh, Rory Wilson, it was the only one that actually was prosecuted and uh, his case is on appeal. They ended up just dismissing without explanation the charges against Nathan. And then with his uh, his minor son, Seamus, um, the they he was prosecuted by the uh, the county prosecutor right. because under the law, juveniles have to be prosecuted by the county and not the city. And the county prosecutor uh, kind of saw the the lay of the land of what was going on here because they were they were trying to uh, get a settlement. The city was out of this uh, this juvenile before going forward. And the, the county prosecutor said, I'll tell you what, you write a write a paper about civil protest and uh, and uh, we'll dismiss all charges. So Seamus <laughs> wrote a paper describing the hypocrisy of the city of going after him and violating all his rights. And the county prosecutor was like, perfect, charges dismissed. <laughs> so, so, but, but it just goes to show you what the, uh, you know, the, what the city's animosity towards uh, you know, towards the Wilsons and Christchurch, and even the uh, one of the prosecutors, the city prosecutors, uh, uh, Warner, um, she had, you know, some text messages that were very, you know, using profanity directed court towards Christchurch members and the Wilson family. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, there's plenty of evidence to show that this was a vindictive uh, prosecution, selective prosecution, based on the, the fact that they were members of this Christchurch community and that they were exercising uh, rights protected by the First Amendment, because, you know, the only stickers and decals that they removed were ones that were critical of the city. And that's a problem for the city. So do they not if that's the case, why is this even still a case? Because they have to know that at the end of this, they can't win. Right. This is I mean, just at the idea of, hey, you mean to tell me you weren't you've never enforced this law at all. And then you only scraped. I would just hear this case and be like, you know what? This is insane. This is stupid. We're not doing this. This is as somebody who has to assess as a as a prosecutor to take it on. Like, nah, this is not worth our time. This is going to end bad. Let's not do it. They clearly are, are capable of running that assessment, and yet they're still moving forward with this. <laughs> why? They, why? Well, well and, and just to be clear, you know, they they dismissed against Nathan because I think they probably made that judgment that that jury realized and the county prosecutor made that same judgment with regard to um Seamus now we sued them in federal court right so they're because we're asking for damages too in this case what you know uh Nate is a uh, as you know he produces videos and you know he's He's a book author yeah he's an author yeah and and he had to hold fast on doing he was he was prosecuted he had this hanging over his head for like 18 months and they have all these contract provisions when you enter into, you know, contract yeah. with Netflix or these other, you know, right. groups that he worked with that um 
that if you uh, you know you violate laws and so forth, they can they can end up taking your your own um, intellectual property. So he didn't want to risk producing something that if he ends up being prosecuted, right, that right. it would end up it could end up being taken from him at great at great cost. So he had to he had to really wow. you know impose on himself for eighteen mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. Um, with not not being able to produce any mm-hmm. of his uh, his work product for fear that he would lose it because of this prosecution. Wow. You know, prosecute, and this is the thing that drives me crazy. You know, I sue, and just you know, government uh, con law one hundred and one, <laughs> right? Your constitutional rights are only violated by the government. Right? So people tell me all the time, oh, Walmart wouldn't let me hand out these you know Bible tracts in their stores. Like, well, Walmart doesn't have to let you do that. They're a private actor. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're only it's a break on the government, the power of government. Wow. But but. You know the 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 fact that the the government I see this too often is like they just nonchalant oh, I'll just charge this person or you know they I'm representing you know several pro lifers and I represent them all the time and I don't do much criminal work but I defend the pro lifers when they're arrested for trespass and so forth and and these they're just so vindictive they use the power of government they work for us yeah. right and that's and that's why like what's going on right now in Washington D.C. I got a lot of lawsuits against the federal government because they have weaponized. The federal government to go after people of faith. They just released this report, you know, that that it leaked out of uh, FBI office in Maryland. You know, traditional Catholics are right wing extremists because they have extreme views on abortion and LGBTQ. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no more extreme than what you know than what God has about those particular <laughs> issues. Mm-hmm. But they're just weaponizing the the government, and I'm I'm very happy to see this House Judiciary Committee. Yeah is going after that, right? The weaponization of government. To me, this is one of the most important committees in my lifetime that's been put together. And I'm hoping that they really can get to the bottom of this. Because when you have the government that's doing that, I mean, that's that's really the definition of tyranny. The FBI has become the KGB, unfortunately. Wow. And, and wow. you know, going after pro-lifers. You heard that, probably the story of Mark Houck, yep. yeah. pro-lifer who was we outside. Just ha- we just had him local. on the show. We just had him on the show. Yeah, even the local prosecutor said there's nothing here, but the DOJ goes after him for a violation of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. Yeah. That is just an absolute abuse of government power, government authority. And, and we just we can't have it. We don't live in a tyrannical, you know, in a tyrannical society. Do you so, think it's, but Rob, why yeah, did why did so Rory actually his case went to trial in, in the city of Moscow and he lost. Yeah. yeah. The jury the jury um convicted Rory, basically, right? Um, why, yes. did, why did that, how did, how did, if, if he has freedom of speech, how's he getting convicted? Well, that's right. Well, that case is on appeal and, and a number of the issues, and I'm not handling that case, but I did read some of the briefing on it. Um, they, you know, the, the judge wouldn't let him even bring a first amendment argument to this. Insane. Right. I mean, there's, there were so many things that he was denied in, in my view, denied due process. Right. And so if, if the jury is only told, OK, here's what the ordinance is. The ordinance says if you post anything on a city poll without permission from the city, you've committed a misdemeanor. Did they have express permission from the city? No, but they weren't allowed to make the arguments that, look, the gov- the city's created this forum for this speech. We have a First Amendment right to do so. There were so many restrictions placed on them. And that's one of the problems I have all, often with these, uh, you know, even when I when I do some of the criminal work is that they, the government always wants to make this, you know, a very sterile argument. Yep. Here's the law and here's the facts and, you know, you're guilty. And the problem with that is that, you know, we, we have ju- a jury system for a reason because it's the community who gets to decide whether or not somebody is guilty or innocent of a particular crime. It's not the judge's decision. It's not the prosecutor's decision. It's not even the legislator's decision. Mm -hmm. It's a jury of your peers. 
And you know, one of the things that irritates me to no end is that you're not allowed to make a quote unquote jury nullification argument, which I always, which is always <laughs> very tempting and difficult to avoid. And you know, defending pro-lifers when they're trespassing at an abortion center, to not point out that you know th this is Auschwitz where they're you know killing unborn babies, yep. and uh, you know you know the people should be arrested are the ones that are in there killing the babies, not the ones who are praying outside these uh, right. you know these abortion mills. Man. But uh, you know, we have a jury system for for a reason. But the jury system only works if you can make the you can present all the arguments and facts and so forth to the jury and then and my understanding was this case is on appeal and they're appealing many of the uh many of the decisions of the judge who uh who tailored what evidence could be presented in a way that favored the prosecution uh to the disfavor of uh of uh, rory so they're hoping to get a, a reversal of that conviction on appeal well can you stick around for a second i can okay all right we're going to talk to you a little bit more about this because i got some questions especially about the Limitation of the federal government. And I also want to ask how anyway. judges can limit things like that. Yeah. Like the First Amendment. No right. First Amendment. If you're single, court. get married. If you're married, have you some kids. Yeah. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. See you, we'll back, see you backstage. Backstage. Yeah. While God created the world, the morning stars sang together. After God delivered Israel through the Red Sea, Moses and Miriam led the people in singing. God destroyed Israel's enemies under King Jehoshaphat while the choir sang. When Jesus was born, the angels sang, and before going to the cross, he sang. God rejoices over us with singing, and one of the only things we know for certain that everyone will be doing in heaven is singing. At New St. Andrews College, we understand that music is not an elective. It is central to our being and identity. We endeavor to train all our students in a joyful and robust musical literacy that will help them shape culture in a Christ-like direction wherever they go. Additionally, we offer the Certificate of Music in conjunction with our bachelor's degree in liberal arts and culture for students who desire extra music training beyond the regular music courses they will take as a part of the core curriculum. In the certificate program, you won't simply appreciate music or listen to it or talk about it. You will do music. You will study it, analyze it, read it, write it, sing it, and play it. You will receive private instruction in your primary instrument as well as secondary lessons in voice, piano, conducting, and other instruments. You will receive a solid foundation in music theory and analysis. You will study music history, church music, and music pedagogy. And when you graduate, you will leave with the ability to sing, play, understand, and steward music in whatever church or community you plant yourself. I'm Dr. David Erb, and this is the Certificate of Music at New St. Andrews College. Putting off writing that proposal again? Yeah, we've been there. Proposal writing can be tough. It takes work, and if you're not careful, you can set up your company for failure. Well, that's where we come in. Smart Pricing Table is an innovative application that focuses on, well, the pricing table. Instead of a static document and constant back and forth, our platform creates interactive proposals that empower your prospects. Not sure if something is needed? Make it optional. Have complicated services that vary? Let your customer do the work with line item upsells. Have reoccurring services? Easy peasy. With Smart Pricing Table, you can create attractive proposals quickly. And our system is built for reuse, so you can get out of that hamster wheel. Give your customers choice and close deals quickly with Smart Pricing Table.